You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. It is time for an emergency Blog and the Boys roundtable here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can, of course, watch us live, catch the rewatch, or listen to us on our podcast and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. My name is Arjo Ochoa. I'm joined by Danny Phantom and Brandon is right. You can see their work at blogontheboys.com. Listen to them here on our YouTube channel and our podcast network all the time. Uh, gentlemen, we are gathered here today uh, for some sad news. I know that there has been a lot said on this subject, uh, but at the end of the day, this is a, a pretty sad thing. The Dallas Cowboys are releasing running back Ezekiel Elliott. They are designating him as a post-June 1st cut. The Zeke Elliott era in Dallas is officially over after seven seasons Danny Phantom the fourth overall pick as we all know in 2016 got the big 90 million dollar contract in 2019 there's a lot to this story uh, but again I do think that today we're all feeling nostalgic and pretty bummed out about it yeah I mean he got to because he's he's been a piece of this team for a while and he's also just been uh, you know a very emotional piece to this team I, I think nobody would disagree that they don't like seek the player and you know if you think about you know the passion that he brings and I'll, I'll, I'll always remember the Jason Garrett slip up at the podium you know, he's talking about, you know, Zeke's passion. Um, right. So, I mean, a player like Zeke, it's just you love to have on the on your team. But, uh, you know, as we all know, that you know, the nature, you know, of the NFL and with this running back position, these this is, you know, physics it always exists. You can't beat the science of it. And this is where we're at. So, I mean, it's a sad day. But at the same time, there's I'm sure there's a lot of fans that have a sense of relief that, they're moving forward and making smart uh, football decisions. Yeah, Brandon, I think there is a, a sense of like this, this, this was inevitable. Um, this is ripping the bandaid. This is finally going to that dentist appointment that's been on your calendar for a long time to get the root canal done. Um, it's, you know, my, uh, my brother-in-law likes to talk about like when he works out, he says, do it anyway. Like you never regret working out. And this is one of those things that I don't think any of us think the Cowboys are going to regret, but uh, that doesn't take away the, the sting of it all. We are bummed about the Zeke has been, I mean, he was such an important player for the Cowboys. The fourth overall pick, they drafted him when they were still working out of Valley Ranch. Am I frozen or is that, is that are you frozen, Danny? No. Uh, okay. Just, we're wait we're waiting on on Brandon then. Brandon might be having some internet issues. Um. So, but he happened to freeze in a very serious face. So I thought he was like you know taking his time to really think. About it. Uh, yeah. But while we wait for Brandon, um, let's see here. Um, the YouTube comment section is, is really all kind of um, business uh, mode, Danny Phantom. Samuel says, sad, I'm elated. No more playing on a torn PCL in week 18 to get 1,000 yards with a playoff game looming. Um, that was definitely not a good look for the Cowboys, obviously, at the end of the 2021 season. And it did take 17 regular season games for that to happen. Jonathan, I think this is um, maybe the take that we agree the most with, Danny. Uh, says, I'm sad Zeke is not the guy for us, man. I wish he was the one to take us to a Super Bowl. That, like, I think Zeke is kind of, um, 
I don't mean to poke it at you, Danny, because I know you're quite fond of Jason Garrett, but I, I feel similarly to, to Zeke as I, as I did to Garrett. I, I wanted it to be true so bad. I wanted it to be the case. I wanted Jason Garrett to be the coach to, to kind of, you know, reinvigorate the Cowboys, restore order to the Holy franchise. And I wanted Zeke to be the reincarnation of Emmett Smith. And for a little bit, I think we all kind of believe that he was because he was, you know, or, or very early on. And then, as you said, time and science and life just kind of caught up. Yeah, absolutely, too. I, I I totally fell for it. I mean, I've been a big Zeke. I was static when they drafted him fourth overall. I was I was happy he got the second contract. I mean, you look at the, you know, his first four years, he was phenomenal. And uh, he did look like he was going to be the uh, the one of the players that breaks the, the trend, the, the Adrian Petersons that can defy, you know, physics and just be able to have a career because he was playing at a high level. And uh, absolutely, I fell for it. I mean, against a lot of the naysayers that basically had overwhelming evidence that it's just doesn't happen. You know, there is a mileage on, on running backs and the, you know, the data just heavily, you know, favors shows that this is just not sustainable, but I had that sense of belief that Zeke was going to be a different. And uh, so I think a lot of us did. And, and like I say, just a great guy to root for, but at, at the end of the day, to, you know, I hate to use that phrase, but it's just one of those deci decisions that needed to be made. And I'm proud of our organization for actually being smart about it and, and making good decisions. And so, yes, we're sad, but we're also a, a little bit relieved, too. I, I think um, what gets lost, and Brandon messaged me that he is having internet issues, so he's trying to get back here, um, just in case anybody's curious. Um, we've learned a lot since 2016, right? Like a lot of people kick the Cowboys in retrospect, like how, how dare you have spent the fourth overall pick on a running back? People don't you know, trash the Jaguars for doing it literally a year later uh, when they took Leonard Fournette. Um, and again, I mean, it was the wrong decision and, and there was some data to support that idea and that line of thinking then, but that wasn't as hip, that wasn't as vogue, that wasn't as, you know, I think we've all kind of gained more access to information and knowledge in the seven years since to, to learn a lot and to grow a lot. Um, and, and so, and to your point, I mean, to the collective point, I guess, they, they were proven right. I mean, very early on, that, that rookie season was wonderful. I mean, that Pittsburgh game in and of itself kind of justified the Zeke pick, right? Uh, the the huge touchdown that he had against the Bengals uh, before that, a few weeks before that, we all nobody would have thought that that would have been one of the longest runs of his career. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't, we couldn't have foreseen it. It was a very Dallas Cowboys pick too, um, and that there was like some drama. There were some, you know, he he was a, he was a Dallas Cowboy. And I remember saying this at the time. I wasn't at BTB yet, but I remember like saying somewhere his name is Zeke. You know, like like that is the most like Dallas Cowboy. Always play. He had, a, you know, the crop top feels forever ago, um, had won a title in the building. I mean, he was just this like quintessential, you know, Cowboys player. And I, I think the what, what makes him a little bit more beloved, I, I hate to make this about anything but Zeke, but was the fact that the Dak became the Cowboys quarterback, right? They were the, these like wonder twins. And it was this like injection of youth. I don't know that we would have felt as emotionally attached to Zeke if, if the ride hadn't been as delicate in that way. Um, but you know, in a lot of ways, I think there's a lot of people who who grew up with Zeke, right? Zeke has been the running back for their favorite team while they've been in high school or college, while they've, I don't know, gotten married or had children or things like that. Like, I mean, he, he has been a, a pillar of who the Cowboys have been for almost a decade. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, too. I mean, I mean this was such a Cowboys pick, too, and not, not just as far as the things you listen to, but also because the Cowboys, they really wanted to get back to where they're able to just – you know, be physical at the line of scrimmage and just control the game, you know, through the running game. And and this was a pick to, to preserve Tony Romo's career. You know, this was, you know, Romo was still supposed to be the quarterback in 2016. It just right. didn't turn out that way. Um, and you bring a player like Zeke, you know, come, you know, bring him in and he's going to totally take all the pressure off of, of, off of Romo. And 
I mean, yeah, he had a fantastic rookie year. All the highlights, you look at all the big runs against the Bengals and the Lions and the, you know, a couple of them against the Steelers. It was just the catch. Just, I'm sorry, but the catch he had against the Lions gets forgotten. Yeah. Um, and you, you wrote about, uh, it'll be coming out later today, the best Zeke memories that you could kind of come up with. I know you did it kind of quickly, but the catch he had in 2018 uh, that set up the Brett Maher game-winning field goal. Yeah, that wheel route that he ran. I mean, right. that's, he he made so many clutch plays to you know for this team, and that's the thing about Zeke that I hope that we can at least um, you know all cherish about it is because yeah, while he's a running back that has a shelf life, he's a player that gave everything to this team. You know, he he's so passionate about winning. He's so physical. He will go out there. He'll lower the shoulder. He'll do everything that you ask of him to go out there. Way he'll make catches and he'll he'll. He'll pick up that block, you know, on the blitz. And he just he's just one of those do-it-all players. And even though, like, his yards per carries, you know, went down, look at his touchdowns. It just shows you what kind of physical presence he had at the goal line. And Elliot's just one of those players. It's just – it's easy to root for because you love the guy. And he just plays – he just pours his heart out, you know, for the team. And, I mean, how can you not like that as a fan? Uh, Brandon, looks like you're back and the internet is stable. That was really dramatic how your first question, um, you just like kind of held us there uh, for a little bit. If anybody, by the way, heard a little bit of a noise, I told these guys, my son is asleep uh, and I've got the baby monitor here. So, uh, we'll see how things go there. I might have to duck out for a moment, but, uh, Brandon, you, you're a little bit younger than Danny and I. Yeah. And so I, I imagine Zeke was drafted when you were at a really impressionable age. Um, and he's obviously kind of been, you know, the heartbeat of the Cowboys. They they built themselves around him. And we can sit here and argue and, and you know, be silly about the philosophy and philosophical idea of that. But, I mean, that changing is is a difficult thing to accept, even as predictable as it has been for two three years now. Yeah, it definitely is, uh, you know. Zeke and I, with our adult careers, have kind of been tied to the hip, mostly because we're around the same age. But also, when he was drafted, I was finishing up my first year of college. So it's like, you know, we were both experiencing this new way of life, this new era of, you know, becoming something better than what we were. Um, and yeah, it was really upsetting to to see something like this, mostly because, again, when, when I had my fan hat on, taking away the journalism hat is this really is an end of an era. You know, I've said this from a couple of shows that we've had during the season. And at the end, when we're talking about, okay, where does everything stand uh, with the Cowboys and, and moving forward? And it was, you know, I, I couldn't see Dak and Zeke without each other. And to me now that that sort of a way, where does this go? And I think that I think, and I don't know if you talked about this, Danny, with, with you and RJ, but when we were sitting here last night talking about on the round table, how awesome, this was to see the Cowboys finally making these moves. And then now Zeke isn't a part of this. You know, you see Stefan Gilmore coming in. Um, you see a lot of these free agents possibly coming in after Stefan Gilmore. And the fact that Zeke's not going to be there for all this, for this next era, maybe one more season of Mike McCarthy. It's it, as a fan, like I said, it, it is uh, a sad day, but again, I mean, just appreciate that the player that Zeke was for the Cowboys. I mean, you know, when, when the 2015 season, it was Darren McFadden, Joseph Randall, just basically a who's who at running back um, turban. I think, you know, the former castoffs of, of the Seattle Seahawks uh, championship, um, you know, you had these guys come in that were really just a rotation of guys and that's it. And then Zeke comes in and then injects the franchise. And you think about if they drafted Jalen Ramsey, opposed to Zeke Elliott maybe they didn't have that instant success right away because yeah Dak would have been maybe the guy at that point but without having a running back to lean on like that helped him out more so um, than anything so I think Zeke really was the heartbeat and the reason why the Cowboys had success in 2016 in L.
maybe on the curse 2018 yeah uh, exactly you're, you're back you're back okay that was a scary moment um my son is fighting off the nap so we'll see um how that goes he's a little bit upset about all this um danny i don't know if you saw um this tweet was making the rounds i saw our friend john michaud tweeted it out um aaron Rodgers had his pat mcafee show appearance today and you know a, a effectively finally confirmed that he's not going to play for the Packers anymore. Um, his departure, whenever that becomes official, will make Dak Prescott the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL. Um, no quarterback has been with you. I don't know if you had seen that, Danny, but um, again, that is not technically official, but once Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay, it will become official. So seven years is a long time. I mean, and that's like, that's the thing. Like, I, I can't think of a running back off the top of my head that is the longest tenured one or has a longer tenure with their respective team than Zeke does. I mean, Saquon's getting kind of close at this point. But, um, I mean, seven years is an era. Like, you know, it feels small, right? It's like, oh, it's just seven years. Like, no, no, no. That is a very, very long time in, in today's NFL. Um, and so it makes sense for us to have these, like, complicated emotions about this. Yeah, that's crazy. I know I hadn't heard that. And I and still, even after hearing it, it's it's tough to believe because – you know, especially a quarterback is something that, you know, you can play for a long time. But I guess with the Brady, you know, well, even Brady's with the Bucks. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy to think that that Dak is the longest, you know, tenured quarterback with his team. Um, but absolutely right, especially with the running back, too, because you just, you know, like, like I said, there's there's a shelf life with running back. So you just they just don't last very long. So for, you know, that Elliot to have a seven year career, um, you know, that's. That's pretty good. And, you know, he's like I say, he was really good early on. And then just his body, you know, started wearing down and as with almost everybody. So it's 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 impressive. Um, but, you know, and kind of what, what Brandon was touching on earlier, too, with the whole Dak coming along with Dak. I almost I'm kind of wondering how how Dak's going to do, because, you know, Jack, Dak doesn't have Jason Garrett anymore. Now he doesn't have Kellen Moore anymore. And, and Zeke's is, is, you know, his buddy. And like, what's this going to do? What's this going to do for Dak? I mean, you're taking away a lot of people that are important to to, to Dak Prescott. So I'm I'm kind of curious, like not 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 just with Dak, but just the locker room in general, because Zeke's a guy that everybody loves. I mean, uh, and I think Brandon's fighting the internet gremlins again. But um, Joey Stewart says, "I hate this move." I think we all hate how we feel. Like it's it's one of those like um, I was talking to our our silent producer who whose name I won't mention, uh, but obviously you know who I'm talking about, Danny. Uh, and I equated this to like um, when somebody visits you, like flies in for a long weekend or something like that. And you just like the the last I don't know maybe year has felt like the the impending feeling of like well. Sunday's coming around the corner, right? Like we're going to have to take them to the airport. And then like the car ride is so terrible and you do a lap or two and, and you're just kind of like, and then it's like, okay, I got to go or I got to get through security. I got to get my Auntie Anne's pretzel. You know what I mean? Like, it, like this was an inevitable thing and and we can still acknowledge our emotions about it and how sad we are and, and hate that we're, we're mad and sad. And that's just life, right? I mean, like sometimes, you know, welcome to change. Like welcome to the final episode of Boy Meets World. Um, but th this was the right decision. And and I, I think that we're all, I think there is some comfort in that. Um, some, some, you know, and, and I think that there's an extreme amount of comfort. I had said this in the off season, Danny, and I certainly am not, you know, uh, taking a victory lap today, but that this would feel like Mike McCarthy's Walter White post Gus Fering, I won phone call. Right. And I know you're not a McCarthy guy uh, by any stretch, but this does feel like the Cowboys are finally acknowledging that's not the way to do this, right? Like we did it, we tried it, you know, we did it that way. And sure, we came close. We flew really close to that sun, but it, it, we're no, we haven't been operating as an efficient franchise. And it does feel like this is a, as obvious as it is, a sizable step in the positive direction for them as a, as a functional football team. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember the the I don't know if it's hard knocks or all or nothing or whatever, but I remember the conversation that uh, McCarthy had with with Stephen Jones sitting there in training camp, and as he's watching Zeke, it's like you know we we're not going to run this guy right, but we're going to try to preserve him right, and he's like almost asking permission to not run him into the ground. But I feel like the Cowboys organization had different plans because obviously they invested so much in him, and what do they do? They do run him into the ground, McCarthy he plays them in the, the finale to get his thousand yards, which is absurd to me. Um, but yeah, it is, it is an end. And I'm, I feel like, you know, the Cowboys they're they have a good feel for what this roster is. And even as hard as it is. And I I'll honestly say, you know, and you know how much I love Zeke and have always loved Zeke throughout his t- entire career. I'm glad that he didn't take a pay cut and we were able to keep him around and keep the morale, whatever, but because I just don't think it's, productive for the Cowboys to to continue to give those touches to a running back that's just he is just worn down so I'm I'm sad for Zeke gone but I'm excited that the Cowboys are going to have you know they're gonna have Tony Tony Pollard we got a great rookie class of running backs coming in I'm excited about what their running game can be next season so I mean it's there's kind of two sides to this but honestly I feel really we all expected it and I, I feel relieved that they didn't do the go the pay cut route and that we're actually just going to have a clean break and then moving on to, you know, the post Zeke era. Brandon, you missed my awesome driving to the airport analogy. Um, but the way Danny feels, I feel like, is the final dinner you have with your high school friends before college. Right. Like mm. you, you understand everyone's going to go like separate ways like that. That's the like there is like an optimism there there's almost a naivete right like like a naivete like entering like the unknown waters like we're we're heading west you know we're 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 looking for gold you know what i mean like to kind of throw it back to the origins of like whatever but like um so that is exciting and, and it is exciting that the cowboys did the right thing unfortunately it did come at zeke's expense here um i agree with danny that it, it's i'm happy that we don't have to see i don't think anybody wanted to see zeke come back and get like three carries a game brandon i mean that just that wouldn't have done anything for anybody that would have been a rough thing to experience yeah no i i agree and i think when you look at other running backs and how everything starts to deteriorate exponentially compared to other positions and like you said, we saw the absolute best of Elliott and and he didn't trail off where he has 200 yards last season. And everyone's just saying like, man, like he just he might just absolutely need to retire at this point, not even debating whether he's going to be on the team or not. But he was still productive, still carried himself really well. I think that's the thing that gets lost in all this is I saw people on Twitter, you know, comparing this to potentially like the, what the Des Bryant situation is. And yes, it is an end of an era in that sense with with cornerstone players leaving. But I, I look at the way Des Bryant left. I mean, Elliot was like a classy guy all the way through this. Um, you know, there was talk. I know Clarence Hill was on 105.3. I was listening to him and kind of talking about this. And he said that he really believes that Elliot, when he said last season that he was happy for Pollard and he and him as a tandem were successful and he, he wanted to see him get more touches. He's like, I believed him when he said that. So Throughout this whole process, Elliot has been just a classy guy, a classy player. And I think that, again, and I don't know if you guys touched on this, this very is reminiscent to me of what happened with DeMarcus Ware. And that's why, to me, I was hesitant when we talked about this on a previous episode. I alluded to maybe Elliot would stick around because Jerry Jones was, I think, more upset that the fact that Ware went on as a cowboy became a Bronco and won a Super Bowl. I don't know of how he would feel if Elliot went on to another team, won a Super Bowl. I understand that's not how deals need to be made, but that was always in the back of my mind. Like, okay, is he going to just stick around for one last hurrah? I said it last night 
on the round table. But the fact now that they pulled the trigger, Danny mentioned this in the pre-show when we were talking about this, this really shows that the front office is like a different front office from what we've seen in the past. I mean, they're going out, they're being aggressive, but also maintaining who they are, but they're willing to let go of a player just because they understand that the writing's on the wall and that they just need to move on. Yeah, I think every decision we've seen over the last, um, well, at this point, maybe like 30 hours has been objective, right? And I, I'm a big fan of something my dad has told me like my whole life is like, son, make your decisions when you're not emotionally compromised and 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 stick to them. Trust that instinct. Trust yourself when, when you're emotionally objective and, and you can kind of lean on that. And I think that, okay, they brought back Donovan Wilson. They brought in, you know, brought back Leighton Vanders. They traded for a, a stud veteran corner to, to help alleviate a potential hole and to help you know, not pigeonhole themselves entering the draft. And they cut Zeke. I mean, like, th those were all things that I think we all, in our most objective mindset over the last few months, have said these things have to happen. And so, yes, we can sit here and we can acknowledge what it is, but we can also say this was the right decision. Again, I don't think anybody's denying this. I mean, uh, Danny, I had worked on these tweets um, earlier today when, when the rumors were starting to float that this was going to happen. And to your point, Brandon, it does feel very similar to the wear thing because that also happened as the new league year began. We are officially uh, in the le new league year. So cheers, guys. Happy happy new year or whatever. Uh, if you have like a, you know, whatever. Uh, but um, Zeke's career, Danny Phantom, uh, most 100 rushing yard games, so 100 yards or more. Um, in the NFL since 2016. Zeke has the second most uh, with 30. He obviously did not have a single one this past season. Derrick Henry, his same draft class, one round later, has 34. Uh, if we remove last season, again, Zeke had zero. Uh, Zeke has the most. So from 2016 through 2021, Zeke has 30 to Derrick Henry's 25. Zeke finishes third in Dallas Cowboys franchise history with 100-yard rushing games. Uh, he has 30 behind Tony Dorsett's 43. Emmitt Smith, obviously, the GOAT, has 76. I mean, these are incredible accolades, Danny. And I don't mean to sound... Um, you know, cold, but like you can argue that it still wasn't worth the fourth overall pick, right? Like even that production is not worth it because of the position that it is happening at, which is the whole genesis of this conversation. Absolutely, Ken. And that's a hard pill for me to swallow because I absolutely thought he was worth it because how he fit, how talented he was. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just, I mean, even Des Bryant tweeted about how he wished they would have went Ramsey Henry, you know, which I thought was kind of, you know, not, classy you know because Zeke was his his teammate but you know is Des wrong no I mean you know but I think to me and if you look at the Cowboys you're right he they're the Cowboys not getting their money's worth and but I will give them credit because when when they made it when they put together this contract they gave the they gave themselves this exact out this is the out that freed them from that and if things did go south and I don't think any of us believe that it would because you know, remember his first year after the contract was fantastic also, you know, so there wasn't any evidence like he just could get his money and then all of a sudden not be the same player. You know, it, we the question was, was he going to be able to defy physics and just be able to keep producing at a high level despite so much data, you know, evidence against him? And that turned out to not be the case. But at least the Cowboys, they rolled the dice on it, but they, did, they at least set themselves up to where they're not, you know, going to be completely hosed if it doesn't work out and this is where we're at and they're making you know it's there's always a best play and the cowboys are making that right now despite whatever's happened this is the best play it's it's tough you know emotional wise you know we we love the player but it's absolutely you know in the best interest of the team so props to the front office and i know i give the front office more props than anyone but absolutely they deserve it because this is this is without question the right move um 
just to expand on one point, you said they left themselves an out. That is an important note just with regards to the future. They left themselves an out for Amari Cooper's deal after two years, and they took it. They left themselves an out for Ezekiel Elliott's, uh, excuse me, Ezekiel Elliott's deal um, here in 2023, and they took it. When they leave themselves an out, they're leaving it for a very, very specific – they don't leave the emergency hatch to, like, sit and chill. Um, they are designing it that way because they obviously envision needing it. Brandon, um, I, I don't remember if you were here or not or if the internet was getting to you at that moment, but uh, Danny mentioned the Dak Prescott effect on this. And I think everybody's going to have a question of like, what are Dak's thoughts? How does Dak feel? They've obviously been ride or die, 214, blah, blah, blah. I said this um, on a different show earlier in the offseason, and it was not about Zeke, but I'm kind of enjoying this. I'm, I guess Danny's um, internet. Oh, Dan, I think Danny yeah, had, he had a bounce. Uh, so yep. Danny's gone. Okay. So um, now we'll see how complicated my son wants to make this whole experience. But, uh, but uh, that being said, I'm. I know this this show this day this stream whatever is about Zeke, but I'm kind of I'm kind of liking this like ruffling Dax feathers. I'm kind of liking this like Kellen. Moore, and I'm not saying that the Cowboys are purposefully saying what do you like, Dak? We're going to tear it all away like the episode of Friends uh, where Emma makes uh, not Emma. I did the thing um, where Emily makes Ross get get rid of everything that Rachel's ever like touched or sat on. I don't think the Cowboys are doing that, but I like that they're saying you know what, Dak like. Maybe maybe you got to be a little uncomfortable. Maybe we got to take away some of your pals and your buddies and your friends and the people who you've been around with forever and ever and ever. Maybe we got to change. Maybe we got to be a little bit different. So I, I applaud the Cowboys uh, zigging where they've zagged so many times before. It's interesting because I know that they restructured Dak's contract, but does that mean that they are really going to sign an extension? And yes, a restructuring you know just pushes money down the line, and we don't know exactly you know where it's at. But if they extend them, of course, then you're like, okay, you know they're they're extending. And usually, when you restructure, it seems like you're committing a little bit more long term, expecting the player to be here. But by them getting rid of Elliot, I always thought again, I, I the minute that they got here, it's like Romo and Witten. They were tied together at the hip. You know, the moment uh, Romo left, it just didn't feel the same. Witten was gone shortly after that. I wonder if it's the exact same way with Elliot and Dak. And again, like you said, the focus is on Elliot. Um, you know, it's important to appreciate everything that he's done. But when you look towards them making this type of move, being able to move on from a franchise guy, I just have it just a little piece of me in the back of in my mind, what you're saying, like making it just a little uncomfortable for Dak. I just do. I do wonder if they're making it so that really 2024, if this does not go well, they just kind of reset everything and then they build a team around a CD lamb, knowing that a wide receiver one is important, knowing that when you have Micah Parsons, that's important to have. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, I don't know. He'll be up in, in a few more years, maybe this year or next year. So I think that I think they're leaving themselves enough cushion. Like you said, they've protected themselves with these contracts where maybe next season Dak's not the quarterback, you know? And, and again, I know it's just not what we should be talking about right now, but you do wonder if this also sours the relationship with Dak and the front office as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I'm fine with that, right? Like, I'm, I I don't agree with the like verbiage all in or whatever. But like, I'm fine setting yourself up for like, we talked about setting themselves up for an out, set yourself up for an overall out for a restart for a refresh next year, if this doesn't happen, I think we all can understand the logic behind that. And so um, I'm happy, I, I think that they really would have lost a section of the fan base had they restructured Zeke's deal, had they tried to keep him around, had they tried to sell this thing of like, whatever. Now, They've passed the test, so to speak. Um, again, I don't mean to say that, like this is a positive thing, but where I am I'm going to be a little bit leery is if Zeke is not on a new team, we haven't really talked about how weird it will be if he does sign somewhere else. Um, but if he's not come July, come August, if we start to hear reports about, 
hey, you know what? The Cowboys, they they, they knew all along. I, I even said this on the NFC's mixtape. I said, you know, like a joke, like they didn't even take down his locker. They, they kind of thought it might work out this way. They're bringing him back on a new deal after June 1st, obviously, whatever, blah, blah. That is is like make the decision objectively, like I said, and stick to it. You know what I mean? We don't need this like in and out, whatever. It does seem like they're finally committed to uh, a logical line of thought, which is what we want to see. If that if that fails and you don't win the Super Bowl, so be it. But we can at least respect the way you went about it. It's funny because that was my immediate thought uh, after it happened. Like, I wonder if they're going to let him go test his market, see where he's at, and then he'll return for maybe $2 million, a million dollars, just a vet minimum, just to be with the team, to be with his guys. But I don't think that will happen, mostly because, like you said, I think that when you commit to something like this, you have to move on. But I also think for Zeke, it's a pride thing as well. I think it's also about pride, personal branding and everything. I think for him, yes, like he is a Dallas Cowboy. It will always be a Dallas Cowboy, probably future Ring of Honor candidate. But, you know, what what would that signal for him if he goes back to the team that cut him? And I think that for him, he doesn't want to entertain that. And I'm sure... Honestly, I think that there will be a lot of teams that will, you know, ask to sign up for maybe a one year, eight to ten million dollar deal with incentives, you know, something like that. Maybe like the Buffalo Bills who are on the precipice of a Super Bowl run and they just need like that one more guy, you know, and your dog enjoys it, too. Uh, so maybe I'm saying a good point. Uh, so I think that you do have these teams, maybe Miami, you know, maybe Miami is looking for a running back just to put them over the edge because. I think Elliott still provides value as a pass blocker, a short yards, uh, short yards runner, um, but just not the guy who could be number one. And I do think that the passing of the torch, you saw it towards the end of the season where Pollard was really the guy. And, you know, if he comes back, is he willing to kind of relinquish that number one role where all the posters of are of him? Jerseys are walking into the stadiums with his name on the back and he's on the bench, you know, for the big moments. I don't think that would happen. So. Um, yeah, that was, it's funny you bring that up. Cause that was really one of the first thoughts that I have, but I, I think it's something where if you commit to this, you have to move on. The one thing I want to bring up, cause this was also something I thought of, I wasn't, I was still young when Emmett Smith, of course, you know, left the Cowboys, went to the Cardinals and how weird that was for everybody. This to me, it, Elliot was always, I think a pick where they were trying to still hold on to that, you know, nineties dynasty like mentality that era of you know we want to have the next Emmett Smith and I think Elliot was always pictured to be that guy but in the modern NFL the running back position is just not valued to where it used to be back then it's just there's a lot more injuries that happen exponentially they just they're they don't hold up so I wanted to get your take on that if you feel like that they were holding out for that era and now that like again this is they understand that even Pollard might not be here next year and they're going to just keep reshuffling maybe every four or five years at the running back position now. So um, I, I, I think that like your line of thinking is spot on. And I think that they really tried to, I mean, I guess recapture is, is the, the right word. I mean, and they did, they, they kind of almost did like, and I think they kind of stumbled into that with the drafting of Zach Martin. It was like, okay, well, like now that we have four infinity stones, I might as well get the fifth. You know what I mean? Like that's how it kind yeah. of felt. Um, and I've never seen this movie, but I've seen um, clips of it um, just on social media and stuff. Um, have you seen the movie friends from college with Colby Smolders from how many mother? No, no. So it's it's a movie, I, I presume it's about friends from college uh, that are older and I don't know if it's like mid 30s, mid 40s, whatever. And they go to like, again, just based on what I've seen, it looks like they go to like some tropical resort and it's like, you know, living the good times, whatever, acting the same way. Uh, and again, I presume that in throughout the movie, they experience like, hey, turns out we can't like, you know, go as hard or whatever the case may be like, you know, turns out the days and the times of 20 years ago are two decades ago. And so we have to kind of 
you know, adjust. And it kind of feels like that's what we've seen, right? Like it worked out, right? Like night one was great. You know what I mean? It was like, just like old times. Uh, but then, you know, reality caught up to them and it turns out you can't win that way in the NFL. Um, so I would like your thoughts on my friends from college analogy. Um, but I'm going to take them, um, far away while I go, uh, put on super simple songs for my son. You got this and please don't fail us internet. Yeah, I think really it's um, it's interesting because you did kind of bring up a really good analogy where this really does feel like that they tried to recapture a lot of what used to be successful. Um, you know, uh, we're going to run the football while the modern NFL, the passing game is starting to elevate itself. And I think we saw that there were all these teams that were advancing on their offensive side of the ball. And the Cowboys were like, no, no, we're going to still run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And that worked for a little bit. But then, you know, last last season, it was a nice balance of pass run. Um, and with Mike McCarthy talking about running the ball, it's like, man, is this really what we're going to do again? And I, I I don't think it'll be the case. Um, you know, it, it's it's really and I see DC 65 um, with the comment. You know, he says that the wide receiver by committee wasn't worth a darn. Um, I, I agree. You know, it's like, well, if we have Pollard and we have Elliott, you know, we don't need a wide receiver. We don't need an Amari Cooper. But I think you see now where it's just you can't rely on that anymore. You know, if you have one running back, two running backs, preferably, you know, you have one that's a little bit more the electric player um, can kind of do everything. That's what you have in Tony Pollard. But you need wide receiver help. You know, that's the way that the league is turning. That's the way things are going. You saw with the, you know, I know it's a little bit different, but you have the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs. These are both franchises where they said, yes, we are going to run the ball, but that doesn't mean we're not going to give our quarterbacks help at wide receiver. And I know Patrick Mahomes, he's the outlier, but they said, well, we're not going to give him nothing. We're going to you know, trade for Kadarius Tony. We're going to sign MVS. We're going to sign Juju. You know, all these guys, they're like, he can just take whoever, but we need to give him bodies. You know, we can't, can't just give him nothing. And those guys are still, you know, pretty good wide receivers. But with the Eagles, you see the model where they give Devonta Smith, you know, to kind of mold and build around Jalen Hurts. But then they trade for an A.J. Brown. Quez Watkins is still a good wide receiver. But that doesn't mean that they won't go and maybe sign somebody else, you know, to apply. And look, they're letting go of Miles Sanders, you know, presumably, and just saying, hey, we're just going to keep our wide receivers. I was just really talking about, you know, the old way that the Cowboys were doing it, I think you seeing now that they're kind of adjusting to the modern NFL, which is a very nervous thing when you still have Mike McCarthy as your head coach, now offensive play caller. Like to me, is he going to adjust when he was in that bunker for 2019? Like, is he going to come up with these modern NFL concepts or like he's been saying, he wants to run the ball and that's really all that they're going to do. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. 
Adidas. Uh, shout out to Super Simple Songs, uh, saving us here in a pinch. Um, whenever that day comes for you, Brandon, um, they're clutch. That's all I'm <laughs> all saying. Right. Uh, Super Simple Songs uh, is a thing to know. Uh, so my son is very happy now. Yeah, I mean, it, it. this feels like very chalk. I mean, like every opinion or every take on it feels really chalk to me. I mean, like I'm sad. You're sad. It's a bummer. But like it's a bummer that we're not who we were seven years ago. Right. Like it's also kind of cool that we're not who we were seven years ago. Right. Like, I'm, you know, I'm sure you've changed as a person. I've changed as a person. Um, for me, Zeke was like the first one of the first big things to happen when I got into like the blog game. So like this, this yep. is like a real like rattling of reality for me. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. And um, our own Jess Haney, uh, not Jess Navarro as your, uh, your co-host, but Jess Haney tweeted this out, assuming the Cowboys don't bring Anthony Brown back. And I think we feel pretty confident in that, especially in lieu of the, um, or in the aftermath of the Stephon Gilmore trade. That makes Dak Prescott the last man standing from the 2016 Dallas Cowboys draft class. I mean, remember that picture? You know what I mean? That picture of them at Valley Ranch and it was Dak and Zeke. And I mean, we didn't think much of Anthony Brown at the time, but Jalen Smith was all hyped up. Rico Gathers, I mean, Darius Jackson, Kayvon Frazier, like it was such a great class. And so, I mean, this this is kind of that. This this attacks our our attachment to history, which is a delicate thing in life. Yeah, I I agree, and I think that you mentioned that picture, and and I know some of the picks really didn't pan out well. But I mean, you find your franchise quarterback in the fourth round. I think people will say you nailed that draft. That to me, like the Elliott pick, I know we were talking about earlier, was it worth it in hindsight? And I do think that when you revitalize your franchise and you just use one guy for, again, the five years that Elliott was here were fantastic. The year after he signed the contract, the past two were just a little bit, you know, not what we're used to seeing of Elliott. And again, injuries played a factor into that. But I think the, the pick was worth the value because of the, the change, you know, that it brought to the franchise. And I think the draft class in itself brought that. And I think that was really the first year where I trusted the the front office to draft well. You know, you see classes after that. I know Taco Charlton isn't really the, the highlight of, of all that, but you see everybody after that. And it's like, OK, like we can do this draft and develop model and get value later in the draft. So an Anthony Brown can be a starter for the next six, seven years. You know, Dak Prescott can be the quarterback for the next six, seven years. Dalton Schultz could be a franchise tight end that will end up getting a franchise tag in the fourth round. So I, I think that you're seeing that the Cowboys are trusting this model and they know that when it comes to drafting the first round now, Elliot was sort of like the last piece of, okay, we're just going to take whatever. We're going to take the flashy pick. We need a running back. But I think now you're seeing this, this model where they want to take best player available for whatever position. I think when you eliminate Elliott from the roster, that does open up the discussion. If Bijan is there at 26, like the Cowboys might have him as one of the top five players in the draft, but value of, of a running back might push him down. They opened up every single avenue to take whoever they wanted uh, in the draft. And I think that's what they've been doing all along. That's what they've shown to do. And I think that that draft class really was the signaling of, okay, this is what they're going to do moving forward. Um, I agree. I mean, a hundred percent and I'm super pumped. I've, I have never felt this confident in, in their ability to run the team. Um, no pun intended, given that Zeke is a running back and, you know, there was a tweet that uh, we just retweeted from the, the side account right now. Uh, it was Zeke's first and last touchdowns with the Cowboys. And I think your internet was out at this point, but I talked to Danny about how Zeke was like this. He was like the quintessential Cowboy. He, he yeah. was like, he, he was a Cowboy through like, and I, I said this at the time and I, I mentioned this a moment ago, his name is Zeke. You know what I mean? Like it, he was just such this like Cowboys pick and, and he had the hurdles. And, and I mean, he really kind of brought a new character to the Cowboys. I mean, he had the, 
um, the Salvation Army, you know, celebrations. Like, he, I mean, he in inspired a revolution of celebrations like that. Um, so he had these like creative juices that I, I think really melded with the brand of, of what he played for and who he played for. I mean, it just, it's, it's kind of a stark reality to, to, know, to consider that this is reality, that, that they are moving on. And like, in some ways, like I'm just kind of scanning Twitter, like when something big like this happens, like it's just dominating your time, like just dominating, dominating, dominating. And it does kind of feel like passing in the wind. Like it, it does kind of feel like, and everybody had their five minutes of like, wow, this is crazy. But it, it also feels like, Hey, this, this was going to happen. We all knew it. It happened. So why are we pretending to be shocked by it? Yeah. It's uh, it's, I think, and also to the the Aaron Rodgers news of everything right. today. I think everyone's so so focused on that that this is sort of like inevitable. But I, I think you meant. I mean, he brought just this new life, this new character to the franchise. I mean, I remember when they were on the playoff run and they were all sitting. I mean, social media department had a blast with him and all the videos and stuff. And they're eating the cereal and he's getting the milk right. all over his face and all that. And it's so yeah. I didn't, I didn't even mention the feed me stuff, right? Like, I'm yeah, done. such a great point. And so when you look at the the next generation of Cowboys fans, and this is sort of like a, a people who are a few years younger than me, like they grew up with Elliott as like their running back. Like I mentioned, like my dad watched Emmett Smith. Zeke Elliott was my Emmett Smith, mm -hmm. you know, and I, yeah, Marion Barber was great. Julius Jones was great, but they weren't here for that long. Like Elliott was a guy that was successful for a sustained period, was here for more than five years. And I always wanted DeMarco Murray to be that guy, but he didn't stick around long enough to become that guy. And so when when I was looking for something as a fan to kind of hang my hat on, and I was like, man, everybody talks about the 90s. And to me, Elliot was like that connection that I had with my dad. Like both of us were able to sit down on the couch and say, man, this looks like Emmett Smith. And we would both be able to say that from highlights that I watched and game experience that he saw when he was younger. So I, I think that he was a character that even the older guys, you know, when Jason Witten was here, a Des Bryant, like the whole reason why Tony Romo didn't really come back is because this whole youth movement took over and it rejuvenized or whatever, whatever it's called. Rejuvenated. Uh, there you go. Yeah, You're rejuvenated. Uh, so I'm, I'm not I guess I'm, I'm a writer, but not a good one. But it, it, it really took the, the franchise and everyone's like, man, like we, we can do this. We can go on this playoff run in 2016 and be really good. And th this is going to be our future. And I think that when you see the franchises of the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets specifically, like all these franchises that, that don't really have success, the Detroit Lions, like be appreciative of what we had at the time. And it's like, yes, it is an end of an era, but it's also an end of a chapter that was great you know that yeah it was cowboys on again off again with the playoffs but at least to be in the playoff conversation every other year or back-to-back -back seasons like the past two two years elliot played a role in that and if he wasn't here i don't think that we're having that conversation I, I love that point. Zeke was this um, like portal to the past. You know what I mean? Like he was, um, and I think for many, like for the Cowboys, at least for the brain trust of the organization, for the Joneses who obviously experienced the success directly experienced the success of the nineties. He was, um, I forget what it was called. Uh, but you remember in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the mirror, where, where it allows you to like see like what you want the most or whatever. Yep. And Harry sees his parents and like Ron sees himself as like Quidditch captain or whatever it is. Um, like, like Zeke was that mirror. Like Zeke allowed them to see themselves like, like handing him the Lombardi as, as like, you know, all of what they did in, in their greatest days, like, you know, re brought back to life. Um, and so it, it's, it's wild that, that, and, and I, I we, we talked about this, like the Dak factor is such an important part of like the Zeke story. The, 
the youth thing was it was unstoppable and that's why you know they had to move on from tony Romo. it just they they truly could like des was still young enough to where he could it, you know he was allowed to kind of be a part of it and witten was the like the cool old dude but like because Romo was the quarterback there was just no room for him in the clubhouse and so I mean ironically he headed to the clubhouse like on the golf course of all places but um and and so like it like I think that's part of the like stark reality is that like time passes like now Zeke's gone Dez has been gone Witten's been gone so like what you know what I mean like in the blink of an eye you know Dak and I know people will say whatever but like Dak will be gone and, and we'll have to start this whole thing over I I think the biggest regret will always be like you kind of mentioned that Zeke never got a Super Bowl. Like I would have I would have loved to seen him in that sort of setting, uh, the the press circuit that would go around throughout the week. Because again, I mean, when it comes to the media, like he's a really decent interview. Like a lot of these guys, they could be, you know, just no, you get nothing out of them, and they they give you nothing, and it's like, well, you know, that's that's fine. Uh, but you know, in 2016, he was throwing candy at Dak during his interview and stuff. Right. Like he he brought like this personality and was always good with the media. The one thing I'll always remember about him, and this is sort of what encapsulates him, I think, as as a player and as as a teammate. In 2020, when Dak went down, you know, with with the leg injury, it's like everybody was looking and saying, like, who are we gonna have, you know, as as our quarterback? And it's like, well, yeah, Andy Dalton's like the guy. Um, ben DiNucci for a little bit, you know, Garrett Gilbert, but Zeke took on that leadership role. He's like, well, if my guy's gone, like I need to step up and you don't really hear that as much from a running back. But I think with LA being the fourth overall pick in his draft class, being the guy, you know, the feed me, all that stuff. He took that on. And I thought that season, you know, he held them together as much as he could. Um, and then the next season, you know, Dak came back and they had success. So I, I really appreciated that as a fan and as somebody who watched uh, the team where everything could have fallen off at that point. But the fact that he was there and kind of kept him afloat, I think the team rallied around him. I think he kind of took, you know, whatever they were doing in stride as a leader. And again, like that's the type of stuff that that defines Elliot. And we should remember that. Yeah, I always um, I mentioned Romo a little while ago. And obviously, you know, the, the photo of Zeke taking the one hand off from Tony in the Seattle preseason game is this like, you know, it's, it's like what the, it's on the back of the declaration of independence <laughs> or whatever. Like it's, it's just like iconic moment in history. Um, but something I remember is when Romo had his, um, his fantasy football convention that couldn't be in Vegas when they had yes. it in Arlington. Uh, I went that first year and, and that was the, the first off season after Zeke's, you know, incredible rookie. I mean, at, at the time, like on top of the world, like, you know, every interview, every person wants a piece of Zeke and he was there, right? Like, and he was kind of this guy who was always there to like, help promote his teammates like use his fame to magnify you know those around him and like if you i know you do but like if you ever pay attention to like his instagram story or his retweets like he's always boosting you know what i mean like his teammates with lower profiles recognizing what his is and what he has to offer and so um he's just kind of been a, an amazing locker room presence and and i do think it's worth mentioning that the locker room will suffer for, for not having him but obviously we, we hope that they, they continue to thrive uh, while we've been talking jerry jones released a statement on the um on the releasing of Zeke, uh, we have put this up uh, on an article. So I, it's out on our Twitter. It's out on our Facebook page. But I'm going to try to blitz through it here for you, Brandon. So if you can try to pay attention to all the words. But I yep. I talk very fast in, in general. But I'm, I'm, I'm taking gotcha. up a couple of notches. Uh, <laughs> Zeke's, he wrote Zeke, by the way. Like, not Ezekiel, Zeke. Like, he's Zeke. Zeke's impact and influence is seared into the Cowboys franchise in a very special and indelible way. He has been a consummate professional and leader that set a tone in our locker room, on the practice field, and in the huddle. Zeke defined what a great teammate should be. And anyone that has ever played a team Team sport would be lucky to have a teammate like Zeke and be much better for it. His commitment and passion for winning is selfless, and the accountability he brings every day earned to the respect of our coaches, his teammates, and our entire organization. He wore
reward the Cowboys star, star capitalized, uh, with pride and purpose every single time he put it on. And we're a better franchise because of the example he set for veterans and rookies alike that carried over into our community as well. With Zeke's generosity and spirit about giving and caring for others, we have mutually agreed with Zeke that the best decision for everyone is that he will be able to experience free agency and we can increase our flexibility and options as well. This is one of the toughest parts of operating a team. Moments like this come and extremely difficult decisions and choices are made for the franchise, for me personally, for players too. We will always have a special place and love for Zeke and what he means to our Cowboys family, both as a person and a player that will never change. Man, uh, it's I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine what that conversation was like between Jerry and Zeke because from all accounts, from what I've always heard from media personalities within the building is like it was like a father and son relationship. You know, like those two were very, very close. And it, these conversations are never easy. And when you're the owner and the GM, like you have to wear both hats. I think that it's it's a very tough job and people do forget that when it comes to Jerry Jones. But the one line that I love from that is anybody who ever had or will have him as a teammate will appreciate it. Like I just envision who Zeke was as a kid playing backyard football. Like he had that personality all the way through to where he was last season. Like he, he never changed. And a lot of these guys, they become sour after their rookie seasons. Like everybody's all bright eyed. It's like, Oh, I'm in the NFL. And you know, this experience is awesome. He was the guy he could have, taken on that stardom role and like became arrogant and just like nasty and saying, Oh, I'm the best ever type thing. He was never like that. He was always humble. Uh, he led the team, I think within the locker room more than he showed, you know, outward. I think that, you know, he never was a big personality in, in the sense where he's not like a Jalen Ramsey type that we've been talking about over the past few days. Like, Elliot always had a purpose with everything that he did. And you mentioned the community aspect, the community involvement. Uh, he's always been a proponent of that. And when you look at the brand of what the Dallas Cowboys are, I think that he, again, like I mentioned earlier, he took that and took it into the next generation as sort of like the baton, like what we mentioned. He really was the baton, you know, for everybody. And Dak was along for the ride. And now Dak is sort of the one that kind of takes it and says, okay, I'm going to keep it going. And then you're kind of waiting to say, okay, who's going to be like this next wave? But yeah, I just envisioned what it was play uh, like to play with Zeke in backyard football. And I'm sure it was the same way it was uh, last season too. I do think Zeke serves as an example. If you're, I mean, if you're somebody who criticizes NFL players for like getting the bag or whatever, like, look, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it can be over like that. And like, and and I, got, I don't think anybody would dispute he hasn't been the same player. So it's not just that, that the team can make it over like that. Like your talent can fade and dissipate and, and just be gone. I mean, like we see that happen more visibly with quarterbacks. Like, you know, their arm just falls off or whatever. But Zeke almost overnight went from being this electrifying running back to just a dude, um, relatively speaking, of course. And so if you have an opportunity, cash in. You know what I mean? Like cash in because that that it, that never came again. Another, there was never another earning opportunity like he had in 2019 i'm not pumped that the cowboys did it but i'm very happy for zeke individually i'm very happy for zeke personally and his friends and his family because he gets to benefit for that from that for the rest of his life and so that should serve as an example why these players are, are wanting to get everything that they can it's because it can all change on a moment's notice well and you see austin eckler again in, in los right. angeles you know he's trying to ask for a trade because at the running back position, you you see now players understand that like they are not going to be getting paid uh, second contracts. Like you're going to be lucky if if you get that, and it's usually a first round pick like a Christian McCaffrey and Elliott, you know. But when you look at somebody like an Austin Eckler, I think I heard a stat 
that he's had 35, 38 touchdowns over the past two seasons, you know, for the Chargers. And he was an undrafted free agent. So he never really earned that money early on. And after his third season, you know, he was able to sign a contract, but it was like a more of a bargain for the Chargers and just making sure he got something for his productivity. And now he's just trying to seek what he what he knows that he's worth. And he's still a good running back. But when you look at his age, where he's at, it's like what is another team going to give them? Like, are they going to give them a two-year contract for maybe $30 million? Like, I don't know if that's the world that we're going to be living in at the running back position. Even the franchise tag, when you see where it actually didn't it dip in value uh, from last season to this season, I don't remember what the price was in 2021, but or 2022 rather, but the $10 million tag that Tony Pollard got, like that is an absolute steal for, for someone like Tony Pollard, who not only brings value as a running back, but as a pass catcher. So I think that Elliott might be, and I don't know if Christian McCaffrey was after that, but um, you know, you're going to see like these big contracts are, contracts are not going to be handed out. So I'm all for players getting their money, but at the running back position, I think it's just like a tough reality now where you have to maximize early, make sure you can stay around longer. And really, if you can market yourself and use yourself as like a brand ambassador for the franchise, like that's where you're going to really earn your money. I agree. Um, Danny brought this up on a previous roundtable. I don't know if you heard the point that the franchise tag for running backs this year is partly the Cowboys' fault uh, because yeah. Zeke's deal is obviously yeah. factored into it, um, which is just a really interesting um, kind of reality. But whatever. Um, I, I do feel like it's it's just it is what it is. They they cut him, and and there is some like um, I think some peace to like okay, it's done. You know what I mean? Like like we don't have to kind of live with this looming. Like, are they going to do it? And then like, you know, hyperventilating and getting hypothetically upset that they didn't do it. Um, so there is this, like, I think piece that, that will calm and chill over the fan base. Um, this had to happen. And wherever Zeke winds up, it will be interesting. I do wonder if he'll have kind of the effect that we saw Stefan Gilmore have on the Cowboys yesterday, how like all the players were like pumped about him. Like, and you even said that you didn't realize that they like worship this dude. I mean, yeah. he's been around for a little bit. Um, but but I do think that Zeke will have that effect. If Zeke walks into the Bills locker room or whatever, I think there's a lot of people who are like, holy crap, this is Zeke. Like, we were watching you when we were in high school and we were in college. And so um, I, if the Cowboys can't win the Super Bowl, presuming Zeke is not on an NFC East team, I would love for, to see Zeke get it done the way we saw DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, there is, there is some Sorry, there is some irony to this happening and this feeling very similar to that the same year that D-Ware goes into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is actually a, an ironic point. And I I mean, I think it, they did the exact same thing. It was like minutes before the new year, new league uh, year started. They news came out that that where was being released. Um, but I, I do think when you see and again, we, we learn more about the Aaron Rodgers situation uh, when he went on the Pat McAfee show. I just think that you see the difference between when a franchise player leaves a team, how it can go. Uh, we did see it with Des Bryant. You know, we saw it with Tony Romo, but like. Elliot is leaving the Cowboys like with his head held high. Like there, mm-hmm. I don't think, and we don't know what the conversations were had within the locker room within Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy, you know, talking about this decision, but it really doesn't seem like that there's any bad blood right now. It's like, it's, it's just, uh, uh, you, you come to a mutual decision. Like I believe that when, when people say that usually it's like, oh, okay, like how really mutual <laughs> is it? But I do believe it here. Cause I think Elliot, you know, he was never a free agent, so he's able to test the market, go to a new team, maybe a destination that's beneficial for him and his family. Like, that's awesome. That's always a, a great thing. Um, preferably no state income tax if you can go somewhere like that. But I think you see this type of relationship is still salvaged. Like any there's no question that he's going to be a ring of honor guy. But when I remember when Des Bryant left, like he had that interview, you know, on Fox that came out or whatever. Oh, it was. That was 
and then he had the Garrett guys comment. Like that was a really rough day. Like that was yeah. a really tough. Time. Like I think he said there were snakes on the team, and he he came. called Sean Lee a snake and, yeah. and Travis Frederick. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so you look at that, and and that's not happening right now. And things might come out over the next few months, years from now. And but just what I was hearing with Aaron Rodgers talking about how you know this, he he brought up the Jordan Love draft pick again, saying you know like they took they drafted my replacement. And then he started with that. He could have just said no, I want to go to the Jets, but he made sure it was a point to kind of you know make sure that the franchise knew that he was upset as he was walking out the door. I don't think Elliot's like that right now. Like, I think everybody's just at peace, like you mentioned, and we're just moving on, realizing that this is the next stage. And I'm pretty sure, again, he's still pumped for Tony Pollard to be the dude next season, regardless if they draft a guy like Tony Pollard is presumably going to be the number one guy. Um, and I think that's awesome. And I think it'll be still great to watch Elliot perform well. I hope he has a lot of success. Um, you know, I, I hope it, it is a team that's in the AFC, preferably, like just get out of the conference. That would be awesome. Follow DeMarcus Ware. And I do wonder if he's going to have a conversation with like a DeMarcus Ware to handle this process and kind of take time to reflect. I don't know if he'll be signed right away. Maybe he wants to take a couple months off and then sign in training camp, you know, with the team, see if injuries play a factor into upping his market value. Um, but I think it'll be a next chapter, a nice chapter to see, not only for the Cowboys, but also Elliot as well. Um, what uniform would he look coolest in? Um, like I, I remember during the draft, I thought he would have looked sick in a Ravens uniform. Um, just yeah. like he, he would have looked awesome, like in the Ravens helmet. Um, I'm kind of coming around to the Bengals uniforms. Um, and so we'll see what happens there. Um, like the Bills, eh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, I, mean, I just like, like I said, I think warm weather is going to play a factor into this. Like a lot of the guys, once they get older, um, I don't remember a lot of these running backs being in a situation like this where they're first round guys. But um, I know Darren McFadden, uh, he wanted to come to to Texas um, at an older age. And I don't know if that had a factor into like, again, the no state income tax, but also warmer weather for, for most of the year. Um, I just think Miami with, with how they're set up right now, like I know they re-signed Raheem Mostert, but if he's going to be like your, your flashy player at running back, I just think if you bring in somebody like that to Miami, again, when you're bringing in all these other guys like a Ramsey and, and, um, whoever else they have, I just think that he would be a great short yardage guy. Um, and then if they're playing the AFC East opponents in, in December, like he is that guy to, to beat teams up. Um, you know, late in the season. So I think Miami is, is an obvious one. Kellen Moore, I don't know if he has mm -hmm. any interest in bringing him back to, to the Chargers. Um, I know if Eckler leaves, you know, is Elliott an upgrade from there? I don't know. Um, the, the, the one that I could see being a possibility, and I just think that because it's like, again, like that rough, you know, type of uh, running back room um, is similar to Marshawn Lynch with Seattle. I don't know if they would want him to be like that guy for them. Um, I know they have Kenneth Walker, so there's a lot of different possibilities. And like I said, I think that's why maybe he'll take some time. I know a lot of running backs haven't been signed in free agency. Miles Sanders, I think, is still out there, um, like a lot of the bigger names. And so who knows where his market value is right now. But um, like I said, no NFC East, please. Just I know Amari Cooper was talking with the commanders. Uh, Murray went to the uh, the Eagles. Orlando Scandrook, you know, I know he went to the commanders <laughs> too, but um, like, just don't go to the Giants, you know, like just, just don't do it. I will say, um, just I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to see like kind of what the next few months have in store, where Zeke winds up. Um, Cause there was this like interest level in where Des was going to wind up as well. And obviously that took some time and then he had the unfortunate injury with new Orleans. That would have been so cool to watch. But again, the injury was just really unfortunate, yeah. but I could see if Zeke's not on the team, I could see a similar sort of thing that we saw with this. Remember, um, 
I think was it a Beyonce concert that Des was sitting in like Jerry's suite with or something for. like that. Yeah. Uh, and there was there were all these like chatters or, or there was all this chatter they were going to bring him back. Like I could kind of see that story playing itself out. Um. So no, whatever. I'm, but I want to throw this out here. Do you think he's just going to retire? Like, is this is this it for him? I think it's possible. I mean, you know, um, if if the NFL, you know, collective views him as as washed or whatever word, you know, that's an aggressive word, but like, you know, past his prime, whatever, if, if his demands or if, if he didn't want to restructure with the Cowboys, you know what I mean? Like what makes you think not you, but like what makes anyone think he's going to settle anywhere else? You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know who's in that that mode or that spot where they're like that desperate where they throw some serious money at him. Maybe the bills, like maybe they're like, we just need that dude. Like, come on, we're, we're this close. Like we're, you know, we're going to have Josh Allen calm the way they call He called Von Miller, whatever. Um, the Cowboys do play the AFCs by the way, this season. So if he went there, that would be very interesting. Um, but uh, it, imagine if he hurtled um, like Ugh. Micah Parsons, that'd be just like, it'd be kind of cool. Uh, but you know, I think, I think the guys on the, the Cowboys would actually like it. Like they would be kind of excited a little bit for it. Um, mm-hmm. I know somebody in the comments mentioned that Samaj P Ryan left the, uh, the Bengals, And I know you mentioned that. So that could be an obvious fit. Cause I don't think, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Joe Mixon situation. It looks kind of iffy right now. So that could be an obvious landing spot where, you know, they might view, because that's the thing, like, how do other teams view Elliot? You know, you mentioned this earlier, how teams, you know, is he going to be like a Stefan Gilmore with the Cowboys where it like commands a lot of respect? I think people appreciate who Elliot has been over the previous few seasons, um, you know, since he came into the league. So is he going to be that guy where a team is like, he's the guy that's going to take us over to the top? You know, and could Cincinnati view that as that? So um, I think it will be interesting. And then the conversation then turns to because I know I think Chris Halling, a uh, fellow BTB, or uh, posted this how, you know, his Hall of Fame uh, trajectory is a lot better than a Terrell Davis. You know, it's like then that conversation starts where it's like, is LA a Hall of Famer? And so I know his season or career rather is not over yet officially, but then that, you know, as a Cowboys fan, now that he's out the door, you kind of start wondering, okay, where does he stack up? And I think as the rush, Tony Dorsett, Ezekiel, that is a great one, two, three. And I don't think anybody would argue the order any other way. Um, so I think him getting that, it would have been nice to see him get number two. You know, number one, of course, would have been amazing, but it's just not a reality. But I think him being that that third guy on the list is pretty special. Um, agreed all around. Last thing before we get out of here, um, the Cowboys are clearly, um, you know, creating some salary cap space. And I don't think this is indicative of like, you know, oh, the DeAndre Hopkins trade or anything like that, but they, they had to do, they traded for Stefan Gilmer. Like they have to make everything fit. Um, there truly is only so much pie, whatever. But, um, so they cut Zeke, they save five, almost $5 million immediately. Um, and they are going to designate him a post June first cut. So that will impact next year's salary cap as well. Uh, but just now, Brandon, the Cowboys, this was reported by Todd Archer of ESPN. They have restructured Demarcus Lawrence's contract uh, mm. and opened up almost $9 million in salary cap space. So I'm rounding here, but the Cowboys have about $14, $15 million in salary cap space that they didn't this morning. Um, so he is fourth. Uh, they have done Dax deal. They have done Zach Martin's deal. They have done Michael Gallup's deal and now Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence's contract really is the one that keeps on giving at this point. They yeah. could touch Tyron Smith's deal if they want. That's that's really been the one that's been giving forever and ever and ever. Um, again, I wouldn't read into this a lot, but this is that time of year. Like you got to do some accounting tricks and stuff like that. So uh, that's good to see. Shout out to Demarcus Lawrence, I guess. I and that's like I said, you know, they're freeing up all this cap space and a post June first cut. That means that the money can't be touched until after June first, correct? 
Yeah, the difference can't. So yeah. overall, they'll save uh, $10.9 million this season. But the difference, uh, they'll save about five now. So look at the excess post June 1st. Yeah. So it's like if they're trying to make a move, it's like they're not going to be able to get all that money. Like if they want to sign like an Odell Beckham or something like that, you know, um, like if they are going to be making a move. But I think that it, I know they restructured Michael Gallup's and they said it was more so business as usual for like the draft class and all those things. So who knows where they're going to go with this? And I mean, it, it would be very ironic if they signed a running back. But, um, you know, I just don't think that that's the direction that they're going to go. I think they hear a lot of the noise. I brought this up in our group chat uh, last night that maybe the players voices are going to get loud enough to get a DeAndre Hopkins where maybe the front office. You know, I know Jane Slater was reporting that she doesn't know that there's any sort of uh, validity to that within the building. But if the players are kind of pounding the table for somebody and like, listen, like you let our guy out of the door we need to make this happen. Otherwise it's like, what are we doing here? And so you wonder if that's going to be a case where they make a move like that, get somebody like that in. And then the Elliot, you know, release feels a little less of a sting. Um, but then again, he's not here for it. So you mm -hmm. kind of just keep that in the back of your mind too. Um, last question that we'll touch on. Watsamata says, what are the odds they'll come to terms with Pollard on a long-term deal, which should also free up some salary cap space. Now uh, the Cowboys do have until July 17th to get that done. Um, I don't know. I mean, and, and, back to our earlier point, my own personal opinion is I don't, I kind of don't want to see that. Like I'm, I'm fine. Like your overall relief from Zeke, even as a post June 1st designation, uh, or especially cause he's a post June 1st designation is effectively the Pollard tag. So I'm, I'm fine not being committed to this. I love Tony Pollard, but to your point earlier, like you might need to refresh and restart and, and kind of, you know, make this whole thing over a year from now. So I, I don't want to be tied to too many things. I want to be tied to Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and CD lamb. I don't know that I feel that exact same way about Tony Pollard and some of that's coming off the injury. So um, they totally could, but I personally wouldn't want to see that just quite yet. It's amazing how a team like the Cowboys, where they really live by this draft and develop model, how the draft has lined up like perfectly for them and how they are have to make a decision with the Dalton Schultz and the Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard and say, okay, do we keep these guys long-term? But you have a deep class at tight end in this draft. You have a deep class at running back. And it's like, they might take somebody in the second or third round at both positions and they end up being four-year starters for the Cowboys and excel. So it's like, I think that at the end of the day is what played a factor into a lot of these decisions. And I know Michael Gelkin came out with an article and said, with extensions to um, Tony Pollard, it's like, it, it might be a possibility, but you're looking more so once the running back market gets reset with maybe free agent deals and see kind of figure out where it's at. But I do think that it, at this point, if you let Elliot walk, just kind of keep Tony Pollard for one year, be that stopgap for the next running back that you draft in this in this class, and then they take over. Similar to what they did to Dalton Schultz last season, you can't just lose every single weapon on the offense. Like you needed to keep Tony Pollard around if you're going to lose all these guys. Like look at if you lost. Schultz, Pollard, and uh, Elliott within the same free agent class, everyone would be like, who do we have on offense? You know, so I think that it was needed to keep him around just like it was with Dalton Schultz after Amari Cooper walked. So it's just you draft the guy, you kind of have Tony Pollard carry the load this season, and then afterwards just, you know, hand off to the next guy. Zeke Elliott, no longer a member of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Again, we knew it was going to happen, but yeah. still still kind of unsettling. Um, yeah. In many ways, uh, Brandon, uh, my last question for you is what are you going to eat for dinner tonight? Ooh, uh, I actually am going out with uh, my brothers. Uh, they are going to be going on tour uh, like uh, my plug the tour. Yeah. I mean, so uh, my brother is the drummer of a early 2000s rock band, Tantric. 
Um, so he, along with my brother, he's going to help him out with, uh, stage, uh, stuff, you know, be almost like a guitar tech for them. They're going to be going out on tour, I think for, for maybe like a, a few weeks and then come back to Jersey. So they're going to be flying out. So we're going to a local burger place, uh, that has nine ninety nine burgers and then each topping, which I always found to be silly. Like, why am I going to pay an extra dollar for cheese? Like, is cheese really worth a dollar? Uh, but to me, it's like the best value, great burger. It's char boiled and everything. So, uh, great place. Uh, Sarah Jane's is is the name of the restaurant. So I'll be having a nice juicy burger in, in honor of Zeke. Wow. You know, I got to got to I'm wearing my Pizza Planet shirt. You know, it was pie day yesterday, but I got to keep. Right. No, uh, the Pizza Planet shirt um, also appropriate because I almost made the analogy uh, of when Andy walks away in Toy Story 3 uh, yep. and Woody's with Bonnie and he does the salon partner like this kind of or in Toy Story 4. Um, when Woody watches the whole gang walk away, you know what I mean. And Toy Story um, Five so, is coming out, so you know, hey. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> not down for that. Um, like four was a stretch. Um, even when three, I thought three was going to be terrible. Um, and I I vividly remember this was you know, a long time ago, obviously. But when I went to the movie theater, I went like that day. I was in college. Um, and so all my friends went, and all these little kids were there, and I, they, they were so pumped because they're like moms and dads had shown them the first two like the week before. And I was thinking yeah. like, hey. I had to wait like 15 years for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is really unfair. Uh, you know, that like, you just learned about this and now you get to see this movie. So uh, whatever, that's a whole different subject. Uh, enjoy your burger. Um, get um, get, the, get the cheese, get some onions, yeah. some bacon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to- Bacon, you gotta bacon cheese, burger, uh, mushrooms a little bit, but uh, yeah, mostly bacon cheese. Um, all right, everybody. Um, Brandon is on Twitter at Brandon is right. That is W R I T E. Uh, you can hear him every Tuesday on the writer's block with Jess Navarez. You can see him and read him all over blog on the here on our round tables. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and, uh, let's bounce. Give us one last word, Brandon. Uh, feed me. <laughs>